0: to meet your financial needs and allow you to spend more time managing your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions.
1: Parker Mellinger, 672-0785 in Sheridan. Charitable giving is often an important part of financial planning. This is Patrick Johnson, financial advisor at Stiefel, I can help you develop a charitable giving strategy designed to potentially maximize your tax benefits and reduce your record-keeping burden. Call me today at 672-3434 to discuss how a Stiefel donor-advised fund can help create a positive impact on the causes you care about most. Stiefel Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
0: First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan Wrestling Club is receiving these funds per
2: random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC.
0: Wyoming Corporate Office is located at 30 North Gould Street in Sheridan, and they provide a myriad of services. What is a registered agent, you may ask? The real question is, what aren't they? Wyoming Corporate Office can assist you in forming your LLC or Wyoming-based corporation, provide mail-forwarding service, and accept legal and financial documents, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com.
3: We are moving. Hi, this is Cindy from Nova's Glass. We're excited to announce that we are moving to a new location, 1034 Broadway Street. Nova's Glass will be located at the RPM building, just down Broadway from Sheridan Honda. It is a great new facility with a lot more room and better parking. Same great service, different location. So come see us at our new address, 1034 Broadway Street. Call us at 307-672-0139 to set up an appointment with Nova's Glass.
4: Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning I am joined by the Executive Director of the Museum at the Bighorns, Danielle Stuckle. Good morning, Danielle, and welcome back to the show.
5: Good morning. Thank you for having me back.
4: It's always great having you on here. Uh, the Museum at the Bighorns is a beautiful place. If you haven't been up there, I suggest you head on up there. Just take the family. There's a lot of things for the kids to do up there. Uh, Danielle, how... Was the rest of your spring? Last time we talked, spring was, uh, I think we were right in the middle of it. Now it's all wrapped up.
5: Oh, it's been so busy, I can't even keep track of what day it is.
4: Uh, <laughs> I've been there.
5: We've had we've had so many events and people coming into the museum, and it's it's been great. I've had so much fun.
4: Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Now, when, I'm trying to reach back, when was your starting day at the museum?
5: We opened, um... I mean In yours March, as oh, the executive my, yeah, oh, I started October thirteenth,
4: so so we're not at a year yet,
5: no, just a little over eight months,
4: and you've had a couple of pretty good size events up there, pancake breakfast. that's always a great turnout, yeah, uh, what do you think so far?
5: I love it here i I really like the community and I love the museum. this is what I've been looking for, and i'm I'm so happy to be here. this is so much fun.
4: I mean, a lot of people would think because because you were uh, kind of in a high position, uh, working on history for pretty much like an entire state. Yeah. And then and then you move over to be executive director of the museum at the Bighorns, and that's exactly what you wanted.
5: Oh, yes, yeah. I had been an executive director of a similar-sized museum in the past, and I really enjoyed so many things about my job with the state of North Dakota. But I, it, it, there's so much bureaucracy and red tape, and yeah. working with a smaller organization Organization, you can move faster and be really creative and innovative in a way that you can't always be in a bigger organization. You're in meetings all the time, and you have to go talk to five different people to make sure you can do something. And in a smaller organization like this, we can have an idea and implement it as fast as we can, or fast as we want to, as fast as we get the resources to do it. So it's things move faster, and um, I, I'm dealing a little bit with um, just the the stress of trying to keep up with. How how fast we're moving we're just making so many changes every time Um, my board members will come in and they say you changed something again since i was here last
4: But it's a good thing. I mean, you want that uh, that history refreshed. You've got yes. a lot to cover. Yes. And you don't have that much room in that museum, no, actually. No, we
5: don't. And one of the things I've been trying to do is bring more things out from the collections. We have some fantastic signs that I just got out onto the floor that I just i am so excited to have those out. Um, when I started and toured the museum, I saw those in the collection space, and I thought, oh, these these need to be out on the floor so people can see them. And, and
4: th- that's got to be great. It's like going through through the ultimate attic right Uh, you're going through sheridan's attic looking at things and 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 old photos and and i mean it's amazing it's got to be a fun experience to just kind of I could get lost. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I was always that kid, took me forever to clean my room because, oh, hey, there's this. Yeah. Let's look at this. You and forgot for, you had something. <laughs> yeah, for the next four <laughs> hours, I'm going to play with this thing I thought was
5: gone forever. Yeah. And
4: so I could only imagine how I'd be up inside that attic. I'd, I'd be looking through old files and photos all day long. Yeah. Just a rabbit hole up oh, there. Oh,
5: yes, absolutely. And then you have to start doing research on all of it. Oh, what is this thing? I need to learn more about it. And let's look at the paperwork we have about it. We have some great great stories and we also have a lot of holes in our collection too so one of the things i'm doing is figuring out what do we have and where are things that are missing from the story yeah. which is there's so much opportunity for us to be collecting a lot more a lot more native american items and things about local industry coal mining and tourism the anything related to the Bighorns and anything related to the development of sheridan uh there's there's so many good stories out there that i'm learning about and hearing and thinking oh we need objects to go along with that so we can tell the story better
4: and you know it's it's kind of odd because we think about history and we think about these great big events but it wasn't really the great big events that built the history around us it was the smaller things done by you know regular people yes. uh, who, who did bigger things who just kind of took certain uh challenges up on their own without having to be coaxed into it
5: yep absolutely i always really get into they say history from the ground up i like that aspect of what do regular people do in their daily life what what does uh what did a housewife do when she got a new washing machine how did that affect her life wow yeah and what did you know what what did a, a new um, farm implement mean to a local rancher or farmer. How did that impact his life? And um, and not to make gender assumptions about what people are doing, but but traditionally there were housewives and and farmers were guys. And um, how did how did they live their lives? And how did this technology impact? How uh, how they did everything else. That's so interesting to me.
4: Me too. I think questions like that are more intriguing. I mean, because the big events are big events. They'll kind of sort themselves out, right? Yeah. But when we look at uh, how did someone like me get by right. back then? You know, uh, we were talking about the Titanic on a separate show. And, and there was a great exhibit that traveled around where you were issued a ticket. This ticket was from the Titanic. It was somebody... Who was oh. on board the ship, and so oh, you walk like through as quote unquote as them right yeah, and so that really puts history into perspective for you because it, it it throws out empathy right you know and and I wonder you know how scared were they, how terrifying was this event yes. But even just their daily lives. I mean, the daily lives of people is what's intriguing to me.
5: That's what makes history relevant to people. I talk to people all the time who are not, they have an understanding of history that is maybe, they maybe had a bad teacher in high school that made them memorize a bunch of things and they think that's all history is. But what I do is connect people with stories of um the objects we have in the museum really have very little value if we can't connect them with somebody, if we can't tell a story about a person, if we have a if we have a um, a wrench in the collection, if we can't tell who somebody who owned that wrench and how they used it and how it impacted their lives there's no way anybody coming to the museum is ever going to feel any any emotion about that or it's never going to resonate with their own personal daily lives and if you can make that connection that's where history comes alive for people and that's where people get excited and engaged and want to become part of that that's when they want to start thinking about their own family histories and then that gets us down a really nice path where they start to it starts to dawn on them that they need to save their own family history and donate it to the museum and when we can capture those stories that's that's what matters about the work that i do absolutely
4: Uh, and 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 i'm glad you brought up something like a washing machine something that all of us out there probably use so much we don't even think about it anymore right but what a game changer for a frontier woman holy cow this thing is amazing yeah to us it's meh Daily event. But to them, it changed their lives.
5: Yet people forget how much work went into so many different things. And I I hesitate to focus so much. You know, when we bring kids into the museum, it's easy to focus on how hard life was and all of the chores that people had to do. And we really have tried to change that narrative so that people think more about, yes, the work was hard, but it's also really focused on technology and the changes in technology and what that meant to people. Life today isn't necessarily better than it was yesterday or 100 years ago. And hauling water is a lot of hard work. But, you know, there are things that we've – there are definite trade-offs. Right. And that's where some people, you know, uh, they have uh, a nostalgia for – the olden days, and and some of that is deserved, and some of it isn't. But those changes in technology is what we really try to focus on. And and what what did it mean to somebody if you had to spend the entire day hauling water from the river just to wash your clothes? Yeah, your day was so much different. I mean, yeah,
4: laundry day <laughs> became. An entire day, maybe yes. two,
5: yeah, yes, depending yeah. on
4: how often you had a laundry exactly. day, and and every female in the house would probably have to go contribute to that, while all the males were either out with the cows or out in the field building a fence, something right. like that. Right. Very def- uh, defined lines yes. for for individuals back then. Yeah. Kind of because it had to be
5: right. Right. There was there was so much work that people had to do for themselves. You you had to be self-sufficient and almost know how to make almost anything that you needed, especially if you were coming to an area like like the West and those things weren't available. in The a frontier. Store. Yeah. And and you had to know how to make soap and you had to know how to cook and, you know, how how to build a house. You had to know some really basic things about just about everything and be a generalist and and we have lost so much of that knowledge. And that's one of the things that I want us to do as a museum also is focus on the traditional arts of the past. It's one of the things that we're working on is looking for funding that will help us bring pay to bring artists in. Contemporary artists certainly, but also people who are really focused on traditional arts of the past. How did you build a wagon? How did you oh, wow. work with wood? Uh, there's a you know, so so few people exist who have that knowledge yet. And you can read about a lot of that stuff in a book, but there's so many details that don't get added people yeah. just assume the people who wrote the book assume well everybody knows what this is and they skip important parts and then when you go back and try to do some of those crafts or activities you have to do a lot of experimentation to figure out oh they missed an important step and I don't know what happens here and I can't get this to turn out right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of there's a learn big learning curve and anytime you have an artist who has figured some of that out it's really valuable to work with them and capture that have that have them demonstrate that to the public, and then keep that in our records at the museum as well. And and some of the art that they produce or, or whatever products they're producing with their traditional craft, we really want to encourage that in the community and, and be a place where people can come see that and, and where we're preserving that history also.
4: And I love that type of, of class. Um, I had a, a friend of mine back, uh, back east, believe it or not, Kansas, sat me on a porch and him and I just sat there and he taught me how to nap. Uh, just napping yeah. stone. And and we did that for probably, gosh, two hours. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, he gave me the little hints, the little tips. Hey, this is easier if you do it this way. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know, I'd read about it, but I'd never sat down and done it and right. certainly didn't have a teacher.
5: Right. It who, makes so much oh, difference. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah
4: man, it really changes the whole thing. And I can only imagine that with like leather working and woodworking, things like that. And so I love the opportunity to have these specialists, these craftsmen uh, come up and and really kind of show you how these things worked out.
5: And that's so popular. People have really gotten into DIY kind of things. And there's so much online that you can learn. And so there's real communities that we can draw from of people who are out there interested in this, engaged in it, want to do it want to learn more about doing it and even after you've started to learn how to do it that opportunity to connect with other people who are doing these kind of crafts and and traditional um crafting and art that's so important to to just sit there for a few hours with somebody else who's doing this and have a conversation and get to know them better there's so much that we all gain out of that process oh yeah and people are really looking for that we we You know, for so many positive things that the Internet and social media do for us today, uh, the irony of social media is it's not necessarily connecting us in the ways that we want to connect. It's
4: not really social, is it?
5: Right, exactly. So an opportunity to have, you know, three or four people sit together on the porch at the museum and, and do a craft together is just priceless for us.
4: Absolutely. And it's like you said, it's the kind of thing the majority of people want to get up and go do. Yes. Uh, you want to walk away thinking, you know, my gosh, I learned a lot today. Yes. Uh, and, and for me, the older I get, the more I want to experience those types of things. Yes. And I'm not totally sure why. Maybe that just comes with the, the wisdom of old age. right? How's <laughs> foot traffic been up at the museum lately?
5: We notice that there's an increase in tourism. Um, we can see that we're getting as we move into in june towards the end of june we're seeing a, a lot of a lot of tourists especially once school got out there's a lot of people coming through and we're excited about that so it it our building is so small it doesn't take a lot of people to feel like we're full so yeah. that feels really good when i can walk leave my office and walk out into the exhibit area and and there's little kids excited about about something um that Dinosaurs. feels really good. yeah <laughs>
4: Everybody loves dinosaurs yeah. i th- I think that's just a part of growing up, yeah, you know what I mean? Yep. I think everyone will have a slight obsession with dinosaurs yeah. at some point in their childhood
5: and i've I've heard a lot of good things this summer that expectations our tourism is supposed to be really good um I've read a lot of articles about. Um, about how people want to get out of the house and get out get, get out and see the world. And so we have really high expectations and are really positive that it's going to be a good summer for us.
4: I really hope it is. All right, we're going to have more with our museum at the Bighorns right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930K, are we? at 103.9 FM. Shared.
0: First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan Wrestling Club
2: is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC
4: like to announce that mosquito fogging will begin starting the week of june 12th and continue through the mosquito breeding season fogging will take place monday tuesday and wednesday evenings when necessary for more information to report heavy concentrations of mosquitoes or to request that your home be in a no spray zone please
0: call the mosquito hotline at 307-655-8297 or visit the website at www.sheridanwy.gov.
1: Hi, this is Ken with Prime Rate Motors, and we are looking to buy your clean-used vehicles, campers, UTVs, and tractors of any age. Are your payments too high? We will also downtrade you out of your current vehicle into a more affordable one. Or if you just need a professional assessed value of your current car, truck, or SUV, we do on-the-spot appraisals. Stop by 2305 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan or call 674-6677 and also see our full inventory at primeratemotors.com. Okay, so I got this smartwatch that actually tells me that it's time to drink water. Our ancestors crossed the wilderness in covered wagons without water reminder sundials. How did they not die of thirst? Well, if you're looking for water, all you have to do is call 307 Wildcat Well Service in Eureka and drill a hole in the ground and deliver cool, clear water. So here's your reminder, you need water. Contact 307 Wildcat Well Service today and you too will have Cool clear water.
0: The Fourth of July is coming and that means the fireworks stand from Whizbang Fireworks is now open with a huge selection of fireworks. 500 milligram display cakes multi-shot reloading artillery shells bottle rockets roman candles missiles fountains cones assortment packs Whizbang fireworks will get your fourth of july off to a big bang Whizbang fireworks open daily 10 a.m to 8 p.m on north main street behind pizza hut sheridan county allows the use of fireworks from july 1st to the 7th happy fourth of july from Whizbang fireworks
5: Your health is important. Don't put off feeling your best today. PEMF Wellness can help get rid of the toxins in your body, assist with muscle fatigue, and support general relaxation. If you have not tried PEMF therapy, call Aaron today and book your session, 752-8117. Check out PEMF Wellness on Facebook for more information and give certificates for new clients available on Shared and Media Hot Buys every Thursday.
4: Good morning, and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting, and we're brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank & Trust. This morning, I'm speaking with Daniel Stuckle, the Executive Director of the Museum at the Bighorns. Now, if you work in the service and hospitality industry, the museum wants to see you. Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about the upcoming Open House for Tourism and Industry and Frontline Staff?
5: yes this wednesday we have an open house and uh, it starts at 5 30 it's free i do have a a page set up you can find through either our website at uh, museumbighorns.org or through the eventbrite website that a lot of people are familiar with a place where you can go to set it up to get tickets or register for an event um, either website you can find our event and I do ask that people register just so that we have an idea of how many people are coming that helps us plan for food and for door prizes and, and have a better idea of, of what's going on but you don't have to register to come it's it's free we, we're focused, our agenda is to get people who work with the public into the museum to see the changes so if you work in a hotel or a gas station or retail any anybody who's talking to tourists or even just local residents we want to get you in the door so that you see what we're doing what our hours are you know some of the logistics about you know even just how to find our front door and how to know if we're open or not come on in who our staff are who to talk to what we have coming up we it's really important for us to get those people through the door and have have a good time so that they can go and tell you know somebody who's just in town for the day what is there to do for fun here we want them to have an have had a positive experience at the museum but really You know, this is it's a party. If people crash our party, I'm not concerned about this. I do have an agenda, but this is really just another open house we're doing to get people in the door.
4: Yeah. And have folks kind of walk through and really learn what their museum is.
5: Yeah. Yep. exactly. Yep. So come crash our party and see what we're doing.
4: (laughs) You know, it's one of those situations like we've talked about this before, where. You might get used to having a museum, right? Like, oh, I I went up there in the X grade and and we wandered around. I've I've been there. Yeah. But a lot has changed.
5: Oh, yeah. Yes. I I have been changing so many things that it's hard to keep up with. I have signage that I'm trying to get out to better tell the story about what I'm putting out into our exhibit space. But there's just so much to look at. We're... um, we're, we're kind of trying to find that middle ground. Museums struggle with this. How much are you allowing for open storage? And how much are you doing really finely edited exhibits? And, and we're kind of at the middle right now where there's, there's stories I would like to tell better. But let's just get this stuff out here so people can see it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of sitting in the, in the storeroom. Exactly. Kind of gathering dust, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, um, you know, I talked with Jessica Salzman. Uh, once about, like just the idea of buttons. Yeah, and buttons can tell the history yes. of something. Yes, the history of an area. If you find just a button. Yes, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, which which has happened uh, to me personally. Just yeah. walking out in the middle of nowhere, and there's a button. How did it get here? Yeah. What is it made of? Yes. Where did this thing come from? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole story there.
5: Yeah, and then you start wondering about the people that are involved. You know, how did who was who was here in this remote place where you know in this random spot that I just happened to be in? Somebody else was here too, and it's a connection to somebody you have no idea who they are, no, I you know never knew about them before, and now all of a sudden you're kind of invested in wondering what were they doing? Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. When I was a little kid, Kid action, adventure, things like that, you know, loved Wyatt Earp, yeah. his whole story, and everywhere my father would take me, I'd be like, you know, there's probably a shootout here, Yeah. Dad. probably a shoot, and he'd roll his eyes, no, there wasn't a shootout. <laughs> well, now I live in an area where there were shootouts yeah. in the street, so... <laughs> And we've got evidence of that.
5: Well, it's so much fun. This is what I love about history. We just had a Michael Amundsen come in to speak over the weekend about his new book, which is about a, an artist who did bird's eye pen and ink illustrations around the state. And he was so interesting. He had so many other things that he shared with us besides just the his book presentation. He has some other... Um, research he's doing for other books and some sessions at some history conferences, and he was showing us he was at a garage sale and picked up these boxes of if um, they were from the 1940s and they were um, some 3D. Uh, uh, slides and he didn't know what they were at first but he was intrigued so he just picked them up and took them home and started looking at them and here this guy from the 40s was um kind of a really I- innovator in in doing these uh the 3d images and went all over the country he worked for the railroad he had um put himself uh, got got he didn't go to law school but became um uh, passed the bar in Indiana and had this law background and worked for the railroads and traveled all over. He was uh, um, an agent for the railroad and traveled all over. So as he traveled, he took pictures all over the country, national parks, all these 3D images. Oh, wow. So the um, uh, Professor Amundsen showed us this presentation he's putting together with all these 3D images that nobody's seen before that he got at a garage sale holy cow and this man ended up he because he was traveling and had all of these girlfriends in all of these different places one of them murdered him oh wow you must be writing a screenplay right because this (laughs) is such a good story so I had never heard of this man before Saturday, and now I'm so invested in his story. I want a book to come out so I yes. can read about it. Exactly. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, just ha- happened to randomly be at a garage sale, and now he spent 30 years researching this guy. And he's gone back to all of the places where the man took photos and took the photos again so he can show them just, just to put. Sorry, I was stumbled over that word, um, but next to each other, so that you can see what it looked like in the 40s and what it looks like today. And he's he t- took um, an eight-hour horse pack ride into some remote area in a national park so he could get just the right picture in the same spot it's an amazing amount of work it's been a career for him and uh, never knew about this story before and now i just desperately want to see the movie (laughs) absolutely and
4: to go and research someone who would have been well, kind of is in a way lost to history. Yeah. Some just random individual who really had an interest yes. that was a little outside the normal spectrum led down this long tail yeah. of an individual. ends in murder I mean it's uh, holy cow (laughs) that's history that is history Uh, I I gotta let you go here pretty soon but before I do I do want folks to know there are board positions available up at the museum how do I apply for that
5: you can go to our website or email me call me Uh, our website is uh, museumbighorns.org and we have at at least three positions coming up this fall and I would love to talk to people who are interested in, in our mission and what we're doing we have um, other opportunities if you don't want to commit to being a board member. We have other committees and volunteer work available, but this is an opportunity for people to really help craft what our future is, help shape where we're going, what we're going to be doing in the future, what's our strategy, what does the community um, need from us, what do we need from the community, and we are looking for new voices that we haven't worked with before and making sure that we're connecting with broader Numbers of Sheridan residents.
4: And who knows what fantastic stories. You might be you able to find. You could end
5: up spending 30 years investigating a murder. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's amazing. Daniel, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I greatly appreciate you. Every time you come on, I learn something new. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're going to speak with the executive director and the founder of the new nonprofit, the Lanyap Center, Crystal Merriam. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. First Federal
0: Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan Wrestling Club is receiving these funds per random
2: drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust, and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. Hi, this is Liz Kincaid, host of the new video podcast called Sheridan County Ag Update. Join me each week as I visit with folks in our area about local agriculture issues, rodeo, 4-H, FFA, and more. You can find my video podcast each week and past interviews under the podcast tab or on the front page of SheridanMedia.com. Sheridan County Ag Update is presented by Heartland Kubota, Cowboy State Bank, and True Built Builders. So join. Join me, Liz Kincaid, host of Sheridan County Ag Update on SheridanMedia.com.
1: I'm super excited to be back in my hometown. Dr. Ethan Hoops here, thrilled to have joined Dr. Garner's esteemed dental practice. We are proud to announce our newest dental hygienist, Sarah Henderson. We believe a dental home should be centered on kindness and honesty. This summer, while openings are still available, we're offering free dental exams and x-rays to all new patients who come in for a cleaning. We accept all insurances, we speak Spanish, and we're open on Fridays. Garner Dental in downtown Sheridan above Best Out West. Book your appointment today. Call 674-9661 or visit your32teeth.com. If time
0: and money are important, you owe yourself to visit Valvoline Express Care for your next oil change or automotive repair. They perform quality oil changes quickly, no appointment necessary. They service all vehicle makes and models with products that exceed manufacturer specifications to ensure your new vehicle warranty remains intact. If your car needs new brakes, battery, tires, alignment, or has a check engine light on, they can take care of that too and Express Care, powered by the Brand New Trust, 752 Coffeine Avenue.
2: How would you like to win $500 in Chamber Bucks? This is Doris Moeller with ERA Carol Realty, inviting you to enter the ERA Carroll Realty Summer Sweepstakes. Chamber Bucks can be used all over town, and it's just in time for you to shop downtown during upcoming summer events. Just go to the contest page on sharedmedia.com where you can enter daily through June 28th. Have a great summer. ERA Carol Realty. We're about more than real estate. We're about family, friendship, and community.
1: Mandy Kultiska from Century 21 BHJ Realty brings you this Pet of the Week from the Dog and Cat Shelter bozy the pup has unlimited potential this pit bull terrier wants a companion for her outdoor adventures and some people to please five-year-old milo has a big personality and he's not afraid to use it if you're looking for a kingly kitty to grace your castle come and meet the majestic milo today Let's get those paint brushes rolling. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Our True Value Paint Department has so much to offer when it comes to painting. Whether you need help with customized color matching or choosing a paint color combination, our True Value Paint Department can help you get started. We offer a full line of True Value and PPG paints, plus all of the accessories you need to get those brushes rolling. Great Paint, Great Store. The Sheridan Commercial Company opens seven days a week at 303 Broadway.
3: Hi, this is Elizabeth.
1: And JT with Ebia Hearing and Sound. Hearing well is living well, and we're here to help.
3: Not only are we able to provide premier hearing aid technology with Bluetooth and AI, but we can address the environment in which you are hearing.
0: Our sound consultation services tailor solutions to fit your needs. Whether at work, at church, or at home, if you're struggling to hear,
3: we can help. Call Ebia Hearing and Sound today, 674-8920. That's 674-8920
1: want to put some extra cash in your pocket over rodeo week? Black Diamond Security has openings for security positions during Sheridan Y.O. Rodeo. From helping at the gates to patrolling the grounds, Black Diamond Security is a fun, friendly company to work for. Stop down at the Sheridan Workforce Center, 247 East Grinnell Street on June 28th between the hours of 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., meet Bill Case, and get started with a great job opportunity with Black Diamond Security.
5: (laughs)
4: Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by Crystal Miriam, founder and executive director of the Lanyap Center. Good morning and welcome to the show, Mrs. Miriam.
3: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me here.
4: Uh, glad to have you on. Uh, I'm always uh, willing to listen to and, and get to know. 501c3s within our area a lot of times the whole purpose of 501c3s is to really fill in the gaps right to offer a service to help society and our community as a whole so what is the mission of the lanyap center
3: sure so the lanyap center um is uh It's designed to equip low-income parents for living wage employment through paid training and we do that through a commercial sewing training facility that is housed at Grace Anglican Church and facilitated by volunteers. And a unique component of our program is that while 60% of the typical work week is spent in activities related to direct manufacturing, 40% of the work week is spent in supportive programming that makes sense for the individual.
4: Now, how did you identify this problem? Within our community?
3: Okay, sure. So um, for 10 years, I worked at Legacy Pregnancy Center and um, through my time as a program coordinator and development director there, um, as I got to know uh, clients who were experiencing unexpected pregnancies and uh, working through that journey. Um, just saw quite a few people who lacked support and who tended to languish a bit and um, and just always felt that if they could just find uh, a job that uh, was uh, a supportive work environment, full-time, consistent, and had benefits, that uh, they would be doing much better. But they had obstacles in that um, not just what every parent faces but um, if they hadn't been to college they weren't qualified for quite a few positions and then um, the job skills programs that uh, were available um, they are unpaid so you would need to quit your paid job and then enroll in an unpaid pursuit while also having to pay for childcare. Yeah. And so while people who had a lot of support, um, tended to do better, they had family and friends to, um, fall back on. Um, and could also kind of navigate everything with financial aid and maybe, um, going and getting particular certifications Seemed that people who didn't have as much support, uh, tended to, um, languish and and end up on um uh, getting support from social services and uh, benevolence and um they were just piecing together uh life as it came at them
4: yeah yeah hand to mouth day to day uh you know having big dreams when you're when you're living in that position is pretty hard
3: right um you have to respond to the needs of the present because you do have children so you have to um pay rent and and um take care of uh food and childcare. uh so um you it's it's difficult to resource your future
4: crystal how severe is this problem you're, you're someone who has seen this firsthand for a number of years how severe is this in our community
3: well, it, it kind of depends on the economy and the um, the hiring climate and, and all of that. I mean, right now, a nationwide, we have a pretty darn low employment rate. Yeah. Uh, unemployment rate, rather. Um, so uh, that's, that's good news, right? It hovers around 3% right now. Um, but uh, still, you see parents who are employed who are still in poverty. So um, the two... Uh, don't always exclude each other so you can have a job and still be in poverty so um, what we see is that they're underemployed and so um, uh, I mean a lot of the data I was looking at was uh, pre-2020 uh, so uh, then everything
4: yeah, kind of changed right. then
3: so we're not sure but we do know that um, there's uh, there's hundreds of households uh, in our county that are on SNAP benefits and and they are also employed generally
4: oh, yeah so you're out there working but due to things that took place in your past this is as far as quote-unquote you'll go right in the professional environment unless you receive some training right. unless you get that little help up and now mm-hmm. that's what the Lanyap center is for right. so let's let's look at why you chose a 501c3 as a way to address this problem because you were working a good job you're doing great things in one area, and you decided, you know what, this is a big enough problem. I'm going to do something about it. What, walk me through that journey just real quick about how we went from there to where we are now.
3: Um, Well, uh, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and sociology, and my master's is in public administration. And so I remember in my sociology program, we were always discussing poverty, um, the causes and effects of poverty. But strangely enough, I don't really remember talking about too many solutions. So it's always kind of intrigued me of where are the bright spots? Are there any um, community initiatives, um, community-based initiatives rather than government assistance um, that are moving the needs? Needle. And so it's just always kind of been a, a research interest hobby of mine. And I ran across an interview of um, a woman in the Detroit area who started a nonprofit called the Empowerment Plan, who works with um, homeless people to employ them and create sleeping bag coats for um, people experiencing homelessness. And, uh, and they had a great success rate and uh, they didn't have anybody move back into homelessness after um, em- employing them with paid training. And I just thought, how can we contextualize that for a rural area like Sheridan and um, work with low-income parents and what sort of um, product or training uh, could we offer that would make sense for our Area, and um, and so and if you're doing this, uh, um, uh, while there probably is a business model that you could uh, make a profit from, if what you're trying to do is train people so you can hand them off to another employer, it is difficult to operate as for profit. There's not too many businesses that would actively intend to do that. So um, that's one reason why um, we're pursuing a five hundred one c three. We actually. Um, have not gotten our tax determination letter yet so we operate under the fiscal sponsorship of a grace anglican church and what that means is that um, tax deductible donations are made to them they're responsible for um, maintaining a separate fund for us and they um, give tax receipts um, to the donors um, under under their tax exempt status
4: are you planning in the future to kind of break that and go off onto your own 501c3 or do you want to remain connected
3: Oh, sorry, I talked over you. No, you're fine. Um, so uh, I talk
4: over people all the time.
3: <laughs> all right, I'm in good company. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, yes, we have applied for a tax determination um, uh, from the IRS, and it just it takes time. I. I, I imagine that we will get it. So, um, But they've been a great host. Um, we use a room in the basement of the church. Uh, we have two industrial sewing machines, two home machines, and a serger, and uh, a storage area and place where we can keep inventory, and they handle um, our bookkeeping and payroll. So it's been now, a great relationship.
4: You touched on just exactly how uh, you do it, uh, you're the techniques that you use to help people kind of gain this experience it's sewing so t- tell me how uh, an individual who may be working you know maybe part-time minimum wage and that's the best they can get right now what do they need to do to contact you and then once they do get into the program what's going to happen
3: Okay, so uh, we have an application and interview process just like any other job. Um, And uh, so we ask about uh, goals and job history and really want to make sure that the individual be a good fit, that they are willing and able to work 40 hours a week because the end goal is to get living wage employment elsewhere in the community. Um, So, and then um, we... Start training through uh, home uh, home sewing instruction with volunteers, and we also have a commercial sewer in town, um, Rhonda Gould, who is the owner of. Rhonda's covers and so she has uh, over uh, 30 years of sewing manufacturing experience and she spends a portion of her work week with us um, working with uh, trainees and sometimes in her own shop and they've had opportunities to uh, do other projects in the community with her as well um, we also have everyone participate in supportive programming which would include financial literacy so there is a, a volunteer Stephanie Gilbert and the community who um, is also a um, um, mortgage lender i believe and she is a dave ramsey certified financial coach so she goes through an 11-week financial literacy course called financial peace university
4: dave Ramsey, i've heard about him and his program and i've heard how successful my brother follows that program his house is paid off his cars are paid off he's younger than me
3: yeah it's it is it is so empowering, and um, and we find the first baby step is to raise a thousand dollar emergency fund, and kind of equipped with that knowledge and that goal, our trainees meet it very quickly, and it almost always comes in handy. Um, uh, even dur- while they're in the program, they experience an emergency. Poverty tends to be one emergency after another. Um, so, um, but because they are getting paid eighteen fifty an hour with us, um, they are able to make budget goals and meet them uh, and then another uh, uh portion of programming is the sensible nutrition program which isn't something that we had to recreate it's a the educational arm of the snap program with the state of wyoming so we have a commercial kitchen at the church and uh, the instructor um, came over to us and she um uh, did the program um with us on site and um and then also we offer um, job search coaching or mentoring. So there's people in the community typically who have an HR background, and they um, and they go over uh, cover letters, resumes, um, mock interviews. Uh, and we also have uh, businesses in the community, um, their HR departments. Uh, just lets our folks go over there and um, practice with their HR professional, uh, which is great experience uh, to do that with someone who is, uh, you know, actively hiring uh, folks in, in their context and is able to get feedback. Because when we interview and we don't get a job, we generally don't get feedback. And they do in this case. So that's really valuable.
4: A lot of times they just don't call, right? You're like, I don't know if uh, I did well. Should I approach the next interview in the same way? So that, is absolutely vital yeah. plus so many other things you know so many of us aren't taught how to handle finances as we grow up right i personally feel that there should be an entire section of schooling uh, that kind of just teaches you that just mm-hmm. that and i don't mean higher education i'm talking like from the very beginning learning how to handle your finances all the way through just elementary school and in the public work system i think that'd be fantastic now Where do you sell the products that are produced uh, by these individuals in training?
3: Okay, so uh, we have pet beds um, that are produced from um, scrap materials from other manufacturers. So Canon Products had scrap foam available and uh, Carol's Furniture had discontinued um, fabric and upholstery samples. So we made some pet beds out of uh, those items. And some of them we donate to the local animal shelter and others are available for sale. So to complete the circle at Carol's Furniture um, so there's just a great little relationship um, that the fabric samples came from them and then um, they're selling them uh, on consignments with funds uh, going back to Lanyap. and then we also have uh, made tote bags canvas tote bag bags from scrap canvas from Sheridan Tent and Awning that they can't use for their products, but they're large enough to create smaller products. And so those are available at Roosters on Main Street. And um, they're very sturdy uh, because uh, they could be used in a uh, elk camp tent, but oh, wow. uh, they're reinforced throughout. Um, we made on an industrial sewing machine by hand um, by low income parents in Sheridan, Wyoming. So you need one of them in your life because they are beautiful and strong.
4: Now, if someone out there is listening and they're like, you know what, this may be the program I need Mm -hmm. to help me get a leg up, what do they need to do?
3: Okay, sure, so we have our applications available for download on our website, and so I'll say it a couple of times. Um, So lanyapsheridan.org, so that is L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E, sheridan.org. And I'll say it again, because it's a weird word, L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E, Sheridan.org. And would you like to know a little bit about the background of the word?
4: Yeah, just real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah, so
3: it's a term that's popular in the New Orleans area. That means a little extra or an unexpected gift. So there's a tradition of even you go into a shop that you sort of receive a bonus complimentary gift, and it's called your lanyap. And so um, if you travel, you'll probably start to hear it now that you know the word. And it is a weird word. um, But... But it really kind of encompasses a spirit of generosity and um, and i think an unexpected approach to working with low-income parents
4: absolutely and and you know this is one of those organizations uh, that that really does something that the entire community will feel uh, you know low-income uh, individuals within sheridan within the entire united states need something like this because you're right when it comes to certain training that you need you just don't have time you know I'm, I'm in a bad situation i gotta go to work i gotta get childcare, which is through the roof nowadays and i don't have time to not be at work and and so i greatly appreciate you i greatly appreciate what you're doing and crystal i'd love to see you back again maybe a year maybe six months figure out uh, where the program's gone All right. Crystal. Thank you. You've been listening to Public Pulse, Sun 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
3: Keeping your cash in a high yield account is a simple way to save. First Federal Bank & Trust's high-yield online savings account comes with a competitive interest rate and local service from people you know. Open the account from the convenience of your computer or mobile device and watch your savings grow. Visit efirstfederal.bank to open your account today or check out our deposit specials. First Federal Bank and Trust, helping our customers succeed since
2: 1935. Member FDIC.
0: At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they have a wide selection of estate jewelry, including gold, silver, and platinum, with new items arriving weekly. Now is the perfect time to stop in. Items include pre-owned Rolex watches, vintage and modern rings, pendants, earrings, and more, all at great values. They're also buyers of gold, silver, and platinum jewelry, paying maximum prices for diamonds and fine gemstones. So hurry in to Legacy Diamond and Gems, where quality. Quality and value are always in style. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street, Downtown Sheridan. Wanting or needing to sell your home, but you have an abundance of belongings? There are a few pathways and clutter that you do not want to have to deal with. Or have a realtor see? Why Our Innovation is here to help. They will make you a cash offer on buying your home with minimal to no bank involvement. Why Our Innovation does not judge. It's confidential, private and may even assist you in moving your abundance of items. Learn more at wireinnovation.com or find them on Facebook. In this day and age, everyone's looking for a great value deal. Well, look no further than your locally owned McDonald's. The $3.50 value deal is available at your McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Choose from a McDouble, hot and spicy, or six-piece chicken McNuggets, plus a small fry for $3.50. Now that is a value. Don't forget to download the McDonald's app for even more great deals. Look no further for a great value deal than your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette.
1: This summer, unleash your outdoor oasis with the help of CMB Supply, your one-stop shop for all your tools and guard supplies. Located on Heartland Drive in Sheridan, our store is ready to make your summer dreams come true. At CMB Supply, we understand that a well-stocked toolbox is essential for any outdoor project, and we have just the items to help you fill it. From grills to gardening to do-it-yourself landscaping, We got you covered. CMB Supply is here to transform your yard into a summer paradise. CMB Supply open Monday to Friday, seven thirty to six thirty, and Saturday eight to three. Have you heard? Sheridan's own VacuTech is growing, and now they are hiring part-time weekend workers. Open positions include general labor, machine operators, craters, and more. VacuTech is offering weekend premium pay and a two thousand dollars sign-on bonus. This is the perfect opportunity to make extra money or even make a great living while working weekends and enjoying the week off. For more information and to apply, visit Vacutech's Open Opportunities page on their website at vacutechllc.com. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News 930
0: 930.